0: And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the Scriptures to other cities across our
1: nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888,
2: San Antonio, Texas, 78218.
1: So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache
2: Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. And we are up and ready to go. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks, for The Bible Live. Jacob's sitting across the table. We're ready to take a peek at the... uh, I guess we're ending up, basically ending, finishing the book of Jeremiah tonight. We've been into the books of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Then we'll, I think, next week we'll get into Lamentations, uh, this book. Uh, I think uh, another book written by Jeremiah, this, the
0: weeping prophet he's Lamentations, called. Lamentations, is that about a little lamb?
2: Lamentations? Yeah. A little lamentation. Yeah, No, it's not. It's a sad, sad uh, book, as you well know. Uh, A book of mourning and grieving for the destruction of Israel. And then we'll be taking our little journey back into the New Testament. We'll go back to the wonderful book of Hebrews uh, in the New Testament which uh one of my favorite because it helps us understand that bridge uh, between the times of the prophets and the uh, uh, what they call the 400 years of silence, or the time after Malachi, between Malachi and then the coming of John the Baptist.
0: Yeah, we uh, ought to uh, discuss that sometime. The 400 years yeah. period. Yeah. What? Do, you know, do you know when the 400 years actually got put into the Bible? <clears throat> no. In the 1880s. <clears throat> Prior to that, there was not the messing for uh, 400 years.
2: You, uh, well, what you're saying is the, the Maccabees and Ezra yeah, and those. Yeah, for the first
0: 2,000 years, years now a lot of people think the Catholic Church added them. They did not, the Protestant subtracted them. Uh-huh. A, it was a vote between the British Bible Society and somebody else. Pardon me, and they took those Bible books out because they felt sincerely that they were not relevant. So that created a gap of four hundred years.
2: Well, I've heard that. uh, I think what we're taught is not that they weren't relevant; that they have a great relevancy in terms of history and Ah, and so on. But in terms of uh, being canonical, in the sense of inspired. you know the idea of being word of god inspired yeah. by god and so on that they were, that's where the, the hang-up was and that wasn't universally rec- recognized as as
0: universally they sense. were recognized because universal is the definition of the word catholic, catholic right yeah, i guess yeah, i know what you mean joke, yes I know, I know but don't you find it interesting for 1800 <laughs> years they were always part of the bible yeah i do and then I do. they were taken off i do and
2: I, i've read them and you know, I, I think they're valuable. But I do, I guess I have to confess, I personally do see a different tone uh, wait, wait, wait. in those a books. Why do you priest? Why do you have to confess? So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, even priests confess, you know. Are they, they, uh, they, a priest? Do, do. No, I'm, well, I, don't ask me these tough questions. Uh, not tough, but we are We are all priests. All of us as believers in the New Testament sense says we are a kingdom of priests and kings. And, and so, yes, I'm a priest. I, I represent God to people, and I represent people to God through my prayers and intercessions. Right. So I'm a priest, yeah. We all are in that sense. But anyway, we're talking more about the, the church priesthood and so on and there that, um, I, I I think the books are valuable; they're helpful, but I do kind of I do recognize. And a did you know actually,
0: not that I wanted to segue books. to that, but just uh-huh. as a point of interest, yes. Did you know that two of those books are actually the last two chapters of the book of Daniel? No, I did not. Yes, know that. they did. What is, Dan- that? is that Daniel actually had two more chapters, but they actually is it two or three? I forget. I think it's three. Is that the one they call Esdras? No, 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 no. But it was actually there, but they were kind of taken out because. <laughs> Didn't like how they ended. Really? What so, what, what uh, well, books? What are they oh, called? Oh, see. Bell and the Dragon. Oh, and, that's uh, right. And a couple others. But anyway, they were actually part originally part of Daniel. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mm-hmm. guess we just didn't mm-hmm.
0: need that part.
2: Well, you're being just a little bit obnoxious. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just a no. tiny bit. No. Well, anyway, here we go. We're uh, tonight though we're going to still be looking at the Book of Jeremiah, chapters thirty-two through fifty-one. And, um... There's still a lot to be said about these these books, particularly Jeremiah, as an individual. Uh, many people would say that in some ways he, he would be considered a failure; that he 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 didn't accomplish anything that his preaching. He didn't accomplish repentance and the people turning around. He didn't accomplish uh, a peaceful uh, solution to the problem with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. They, they, Jerusalem was destroyed under his during the time of his ministry.
0: Well, maybe we just should skip. This book <laughs> <laughs> it
2: sounds terrible, does 't it that he himself was uh, kidnapped kidnapped actually and taken yeah. down into Egypt where it is understood that he died there in Egypt I believe he did that's the in idea
0: fact, there's a tomb there called jeremiah's tomb
2: okay well, who's buried in Jeremiah's tomb? that would be a really grant good, of course a yeah, grant <laughs> I grant you that. All right, here we go. So we're going to pick up on that tonight and continue to talk about Jeremiah and about this time in history when God is... is. Judging his own people, I've I've always appreciated that a great deal. Is that uh, it, the prophets always announced judgment and they announced God's judgment on Moab and on uh, these kingdoms that surrounded Israel? But he did not spare uh, the the people of Israel either. Whenever they rebelled and whenever they were disobedient, uh, he had told them way back in the Book of Leviticus under Moses that you know if if this happens, if this happens, then you'll be taken out and you'll be taken out of the land. And, of course, um, it, it happened just as we were told. It's it's. Um, what do the people of Israel make of that time? Do they, do, I mean, now, whenever you hear preaching from Jeremiah and so on, well, is, they it, have is t- it a warning?
0: They in, in have somewhere? T-shirts. Okay. Yes, they do. They have T-shirts. And it says, every time somebody says something, they say, Look at the, read the T-shirt, it says, been there, done that. <laughs> so... What I'm referring to is whether, in all fairness, and I don't mean to make a light of it, but, um, you know, when somebody approaches many uh, Jews, they say, Well, okay, listen, we have the same Bible you have. And we read it, and we understand, assuming these stories are all accurate and true, Mm -hmm. that, uh, well, you want us to do this. But, you know, we've got these stories. Every time we took somebody else's god or their view of religion, things just did not go well. So whether it's Islam with Muhammad and many times Jesus that Jews will say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, we've been through this. We've got T-shirts that says been there, done mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, yes, they take most of them take it seriously. And they do take it not only as a piece of history, but a prophecy, you may say.
2: Very, very seriously about... Um I know you've told me many times when we stand up and because I said, oh, we need you guys so much to tell us about the scriptures yeah. and help us to understand them better and so on. And you all say that, uh, well, we've done that. And we always found out that when we lifted our heads up to do that, sometimes it, I think historically people take shots speaking, at us. it yeah. has
0: not gone well when the Jews have done anything like that, because while some of the information I kind of view it like going to lubies, and I like lubies. hmm. Uh, but if you go to Luby's, you can go up and pick what you want. So I kind of say, you know, especially the Christian folks, uh, treat it like Lubies. Take what you want, leave what you want, but let's not kill the management, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
2: that, that's what we're looking at here in the book of Jeremiah because as we've established in our programs before, uh, talking about this prophet and talking about th- this group of people, uh, the times... In which Jeremiah ministered, in in some degree, at some level, mirror the times in which
0: we're living. There, not not that America is well, Israel. no, you've got it. It's prophecy. It's that, prophecy. Okay. The it's, reason it's here, listen, there were many, you've, you've read before that there were many other prophets in Israel, right? Right, of it's course. It's mentioned in mm-hmm, the Bible elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, those prophets are not included in what we, you and I, call the Bible, because they're fulfilled. The ones that are left, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the rest of these. They Micah, have s- Nahum, Habakkuk. Yeah, all, all there of them. You uh-huh. go. All those fellows. they got something relevant to something else that's going to happen. So Jeremiah's here because it is a prophecy. It's not just the past. It's a prophecy. And if you want to really get technical, it is fascinating to go back through it and see what's happening to Jeremiah. And you say, look, If I can distill this down and get a lesson, a meaning out of this, have I ever seen this meaning in the past, before Jeremiah? The answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. And it goes all the way back to Noah. Mm -hmm isn't that this pattern you're yeah, saying sure. of, of, uh-huh. of decline well, uh, temptation yeah. and sin
2: and yeah. decline and, and right. then sure. restoration yeah. forgiveness yeah. restoration and then decline this sure. this cycle of uh-huh. uh, like that well the, the I would like to get you tonight to try to comment from the point of view not from the Jewish perspective in the strictest sense of the Jewish people Jewish nation but Uh, From the perspective of the people of God, you know, uh, the broader perspective of what I would call Israel, uh, all those who follow after the true and living God. And uh, what do we what can we take away? Uh, Now, I know, for example. Uh, we, we like to talk about God judging. We don't like to talk about it, but sometimes we talk about God is yeah, judging we get a kid America. That, yeah, we yeah. Get a kid. God is judging America, and there, and uh, there's some of our prominent uh, leaders, evangelical or Christian leaders in in this country at least, that, that are pretty convinced that the judgment has already begun, that America is under judgment from the Lord, and that uh, for some of the very same reasons we see here in the book of Jeremiah, that the people of Israel were under judgment, but I'm wondering, what, what can we take? What, how can we apply the lessons of Jeremiah and so on? How can other nations and other people groups and and and, uh, and people who love God from all the different cultures and societies and languages and so on? What can we learn about God and His ways? What can we learn about? Uh, how we should live today, for example, here in our own country in America. We're not Israel. We're not the the people of promise in that sense as a nation. Uh, but there are many believers here in this country. Well, there's there... no reason
0: to subtract people out of Israel. We have the stories in the. Mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. Okay. That people who were not born Jews are still part of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. So they are included. We have several stories that illustrate that. The one I always like to quote is when they left Egypt, which is actually sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word is boundaries or mitzvahim, which is, means the boundaries of sin. So they left Egypt, sin. Mm-hmm. And they traveled through the desert. When they left, as under, we know, You're
2: talking about under Moses. Leadership at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Moses was—he uh, was not God, but he was a rising young executive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, as he so everybody left. People left with him that were not born Jews. So they get to Mount Sinai. They get God's laws. But after they leave Mount Sinai, when they arrive in Israel, they're no longer no longer designated as. Mixed multitude or whatever you want to call them. No, they're part of Israel. They they share an in the inheritance of the twelve tribes, and there are other stories, I like guess. So they're not excluded. And of course,
2: even the New Testament under Paul, uh, kind of clearly after the after the coming of Yeshua. Uh, in the uh, in the Yeshua, aftermath of, of, of the Yeshua. Messiah, yeah. then we too are now uh, part of Israel. We are uh, what do they call it? Grafted in uh-huh. now as part of Israel. Those of us who have come in through our faith and trust in G- in Jesus. So uh, I, I I get that. So uh, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, what does what do the prophets say to us as God's people today? Uh, we're not going to be taken necessarily, is it that we'll be taken out of the land? Would, that would be one of the things that any nation like ours uh, that turns away from God, as we seem to be doing in, in, in some level, at some degree in our country, that we are under the p- potential, the possibility of being taken out of our land or losing our freedoms. Is uh, I'm just kind of wondering, what would the Bible say to other people groups today not just uh, political Israel or or the nation of israel I, I, <laughs> I guess i 'm not asking the question well, but the, I, i'd like if you can give us some thought about that, what does it say to to other people groups and uh, obviously, the message of the Bible was for the Moabites and for the i mean God spoke to the egyptians Well, God...
0: one of the major themes, if I may say, is to not acknowledge false gods as gods uh uh-huh. Um, and we'll actually see it in some of the chapters here this evening, uh, and that's the penalty. And when it happens, is certain bad things happen, and whether it's out of the land or out of your home or out of your country, if you believe this, then certain things there are is a recompense for doing that. And so what happens is Jeremiah is clearly saying, "Look, you've gone with after other gods." You know, one of the things we're going to look at tonight is when they go. Uh, you said at the beginning of the show, Jeremiah and other people were kidnapped. They didn't want to go. They went down, back down to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm, right. Well, w- one of the laws in Deuteronomy is they cannot go back and reside in Egypt. That's right. Well, when they got back down there. Specifically
2: to it. told not to go yeah, back. Yeah, they can't yes. do
0: that. Mm-hmm. But it's not just because they didn't like the country or didn't have beaches. It was not like Miami Beach, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of Jews but uh, but it's uh, but what it's about is return to idol worship and sin uh-huh. because idol worship false gods also have their own laws, and in fact I'll just you know this may not be popular, but this is how I see it. I can always tell when if I'm speaking to a Muslim, and many of them are very, very nice folks, mm-hmm. uh but if I hear one saying it's oh it's God there's only one God, well, it depends what one God we're talking about we can always say there's one God, but is it the same one God? And I'll tell you how I always determine it. Do, does the one God have the same laws of both gods? If one God says, no, no, if you steal, you've got to pay it back. If the other one says, cut off the hand, then the the fruit of that God, his laws, determine that it cannot be the same guy because he's got different laws. Yeah. So what happens is, they went back down. The Jews, after the story, were down to a place called uh, Elephantine in Egypt. It's actually called Elephantine in English. Mm-hmm. And they re, they duplicated, replicated the temple. Did you know that? In, in the time of yeah, what when After Jeremiah here, and they all went oh, back Oh, in this down. time, in yeah. the in yeah. time of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. When they went down there, they went <coughs> back to Egypt. And they settled in the community, a place called an English Elephantine. And they rebuilt the village and their homes and the temple. Hmm. Ah, how about that? I did not know that. Now, what did they do in that temple? Well, would you like to know?
2: I would like to know. What Uh, did they do in that temple? I would like to
0: hear it again myself, so I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Okay. They went ahead and they put up, the. they worshiped the God of Israel. Uh, uh, what are you going to call him? Uh, Hashem, or if you want to call him Adonai, or Yodhei Vavhei, or however you want to do it.
2: Well, did they have, like, the the, the labor and the. They built the replica. The replica,
0: uh-huh. okay. And so the however, sacrifices were
2: made and how, that how, sort of thing? Yeah,
0: but however, however, when they've done excavations, and none of those Jews returned, by the way, mm-hmm. but. When they've done excavations, they found out not was it just the God of Israel, but they incorporated one other male god and one female god. Ah, and that actually is in Jeremiah tonight, and it's in chapter. Uh, well,
2: is that where he addresses the women particularly? Uh, the, yeah, chapter forty-four. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So, so, but the, when they built the temple, so it wasn't just a temple for God; it was a temple for. Two male gods if you will and one female god Mm -hmm. isn't that fascinating so
2: very fascinating
0: bad things happen and you you got to ask yourself a question now how could people and this is a common question how could people have seen this over and over how could they divert that way right it's a fair question. Sure, it is. I've asked
2: them, I've asked the same question many, many times. Wow, those Jews! They sure were stupid. What did they, How true. did they do that? And then, of course, I watch what our country is doing the same thing today. And all of a sudden, I realize how easy it is. Yeah, you move away a generation, or a generation doesn't know the facts, isn't taught, or rebel against those uh, the truths of God. Then, then it just takes one generation to move away. I suppose uh, from. From Actually, worship that's and a perfect obedience. segue. In,
0: in your questions this evening, and you always prepare the questions. Yes, you and your family. And we
2: also or, have a phone number too. We do, do
0: we have a phone number? We do. We finally got that connected.
2: Yeah, people can call what us and number? be a part of the program tonight by uh, dialing two ten. Uh-huh. That's the area code. Three four zero nine five eight five. Three four zero nine five eight five.
0: Okay. Will somebody um. answer?
2: <clears throat> yes, they will. Yeah. Shemayo, pick up the phone and, and uh, let uh, find out what's you, on your and, mind and to talk about. He's filling in for John. Tonight. He's filling in for our our boy John. What's John doing, John's by the way?
0: Over in some kind of a trivia contest. <laughs> in, Louisiana he
2: sure that. is good at that yeah. that, that trivia stuff yeah.
0: well but
2: anyway Shemaiah well, look at, look is helping us your, out and um, we sure appreciate it Shemaiah. Look at Thank your you.
0: question number two and let's uh-huh. see if we can start figuring something out what was the horrible sin that
2: Judah allowed to happen and take place in the valley of the son of Hinnom and you'll find that in Jeremiah chapter 32 verses 34 through 35 this uh, there were there are many things they could do wrong many ways to disobey the 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 Torah many ways to uh you know not not observing the Sabbath and not you know so many things but this was kind of in a way the straw that broke the camel's back this was uh seen as this horrible final ultimate sin it seems like to me at least that took place and brought about uh this this final judgment on taking the people out of out of uh, the borders of Israel, the, the years of exile, seventy years. So uh, that's what horrible sin was it that Judah allowed to ha- take place in the valley of the son of Hinnom? Uh, that's it. Uh, ask the question well enough. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. And if someone gonna... wants to answer that, they can give us a call: three four zero ninety five eighty
0: five. Okay. Uh, now, that's, it's a very interesting answer. And the reason I brought that up, that's actually, I picked that question out of your list of questions for tonight because how do you, what happens, you're talking about comparison to America. Yeah, I don't know that people, one, believe this anymore, and that may have been part of the problem back in Jeremiah's time. Secondly, if you don't believe in a certain God, or the god you're not going to believe in his rules or his laws you're just not going to do it you're going to pick other things and so these people in the first question they start getting uh synchronism they start getting other gods involved and those gods have their own rules and laws and so people start saying well i'm told that that's a god and that's a way of worshiping and so people stop believing it and they start learning about other gods and other laws and they start
2: compromising the principles and the uh the laws of god because of the the other god you got his opinion too i guess is the is the idea mm-hmm. and it, what you're talking about is syncretism is a it's an error that slips in when we start trying to Kind of fold into and make compatible the truth of the God of the Bible, for example, the God of Scripture. And we try to kind of compromise that and make it acceptable and and what's the word uh, compatible with laws and principles from a different God. But that are inherently opposite; they're, they're totally different. But they and they call that syncretism. Uh, I yeah. guess is the syncretism, idea. And, uh,
0: it's sort of like a modern term is politically correct. Might yeah, might well so, be. So isn't it fascinating? Now, how would you know? that you're not supposed to do these things. How? If you didn't know, and if I was, let's say, an illiterate rabbi or illiterate preacher, and I stood up and said, well, you know, this is not really from God, and it's certainly not from Moses, because it's all a forgery, it's written by different people, and or that the Old Testament's been done away with, there's only the New Testament, don't worry about that stuff. If you don't know, then what will happen is, you start accepting anything, and then you get astride of what the rules were. Sometimes I think that's that's possibly
2: why uh, some Jewish people who who are very uh, devoted, who love God, who love the Torah, who love God's word. Uh, I, I think sometimes I believe that. Uh, their resistance to the claims of, of Yeshua, that, that his claims to to be the Messiah and so on, to fulfill the predictions and prophecies of the Old Testament and so on. Sometimes I think that their resistance is not so much based upon their evaluation of Jesus Himself, of his credentials as the Messiah, but because they they are they're a little concerned that there's some of this syncretism going on, that there that somehow there's an abandonment of of uh that faith I, I i sometimes think that that might be a, the problem that some jewish people have about um you know in the in their the consideration of jesus so uh, i'm that could be that could be uh true i guess right do you think well, of, course, of, it? It of okay. course it
0: could of oh. course it could there's a real sensitivity oh, man is that music hanging is it, it going to interrupt what I am about to say? Yeah, it came on in. It always does.
2: I tell you, these segments just fly by. Folks, you can give us a call, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to continue our consideration of the book of Jeremiah and getting into the what is the modern significance. When we read a, a book, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these prophets and their announcements of doom and judgment and so on, what's the modern, how should we take that, Today, as believers here in in America, we're not in Israel and we're not the covenant people in that sense, at least. But um, we can come back and discuss it. I hope you'll stay with us and uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait, and I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it.
2: Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes?
3: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets.
2: Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century. 831-3535. Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630
1: The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
2: And we are back. Thank you for joining us. We're kind of getting into our subject matter tonight. Are you drowning in IRS attacks today? I'll be IRS. From the book of Jeremiah. So uh, we are going to continue. And, And we were looking just before the break, Jacob, at... Uh, the, the question I was asking, I hope it's a legitimate one to you, is that uh, first we need to see this, the life of Jeremiah, his ministry, and the, the judgment that came upon Israel under Nebuchadnezzar, the destruction of the temple, the 70 years of exile, and so on. We need to see that in its time, in its place, in its context. But uh, then I'm wondering what is the takeaway? What do we as God's people today uh, here in 21st century America, what do we take away from these passages uh, about God's judgment and so on? And it, are there lessons for us uh, today? Should would there be a warning for us about our disobedience and, and roaming away from God? And, and uh, of course, we we mentioned this this terrible sin that was. Uh, That Judah allowed to happen in the Valley of the Son of Hinnom in uh, Jeremiah chapter thirty-two. It seems to be the final, the final straw. It seemed to be the final um, sin against God that caused, that brought about the the full, you know, the punishment of being taken away out of the land. In
0: fact, when the Canaanites got removed, got evicted, the final sin that was their problem was what they were doing to their children. Right. And so God seems to be pretty hostile towards people that hurt or killed their kids.
2: Uh, so you're saying even hundreds of years before when the when uh, this is always interesting to me, interesting to me, because even God told Moses, way, I, I think it's way back in the book of Genesis. He said that you're going to go. I'm going to not Moses. I mean, I mean, I mean, Abraham he says i'm going to this land is going to be yours and he told them that uh, you're going to go and so and in my judgment my cup of judgment will be full against the people that live there talking about the canaanites and that's when god's judgment was what brought the people of israel into canaan Mm -hmm. and then here we are hundreds of years later the to some degree, the same sin the same this same horrible uh, practice that we see here in, in uh, jeremiah thirty two has returned and and, and they 've
0: and in some sense it 's in back in america today
2: and in to fact,
0: say, I must say regrettably <laughs> it 's probably in every country, including israel right it, it's, uh, and i wonder, see that 's what i 'm wondering is th- people have always wanted to do in their offspring. That's, that's what we're talking about, folks. We I want to, as well. if people want to say, I don't, you know, I don't want to have kids. I, I want to be free. I want to have my freedom. I want to do this. I want to have a career. I want to do stuff. So they do things to get rid of their children or their offspring. In fact, uh, do you, uh, as an interesting aside, do you know who was the first person recorded in the Bible of beginning, quote, unquote, idol worship?
2: da-da-da-da. Hmm. Da, da, that's da. what we're
0: talking about because this is sure, guy sure, sure.
2: Well, that—that's what I wanted to. What is behind this practice? Mm-hmm. And we might as well go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. We're talking
0: about the killing
2: of there's innocent a cat, children.
0: A, do you want to take one of the cats online?
2: Yeah, we could do that. We could take the cat one online.
0: Of the, one of the guys, we'll take one of the cats.
2: We are talking about. Uh, we are talking about um, the uh-huh. killing of innocent children, uh-huh. and that. Strangely enough, in the in the biblical times, that actually had
0: a a theological or religious purpose. It was because a, about a false god, or another god always has his rules, his way of being worshipped, and how you should do what he wants. They will always differ. Than what the, God of and the they Bible. And they
2: usually lead to death. In, in, in well, something happens. One of those things. But also, you talked to me about the fact that behind this practice of killing children was yeah. this idea that they are closest, nearest to eternity, having occurs, just come into the world. That, uh,
0: that was a theme with uh, Laban and some of the other
2: folks. Some of the, some of the, some of the religious background uh, of... of, of uh, well,
0: in fact, why don't we go ahead and killing infants? Uh, do you want to take a call? Do you but want to also, talk about this? But
2: also, today, yeah, just quickly, just today, uh, the modern... I don't think... I think it's so much theological. It seems like abortion in our own country—the killing of you know, millions of innocent human beings—have been slain. Just uh, if, if there's a religious aspect, I guess it would be the god of comfort, the god of convenience. We just don't want to be inconvenienced with these children. That, that we they interfere with our fun, they interfere with our recreation, recreational sex, and so on. And and they they would. Take up our time and our resources. And so that, that, that's, it's more the inconvenience than it is maybe a theological or religious reason. But uh, anyway, we can look at it. Let's go and visit with, um, let me see what, oh, there, I hit that one. Let's go and visit with Harold. He's on the line with us tonight. Harold, we're still in the book of Jeremiah. It's like the state of Texas. Uh, the sun has risen, the sun has mm-hmm. set, and here we are in Texas yet. Uh, it, it goes on and on. Uh, but uh, love to hear your comments tonight. How are you doing? Well, well, fine,
1: thank you very much. I was going to say priest tarot, just going along with what y'all had said in the beginning. And um,
2: are you there? Yes, we are
1: here. <laughs> we are all ears. Okay, well, you know, just real quick, I was, uh, every time I go to Bill Miller's, I always say I went to Sunny Delight, and I get up to the register, and they say it's a chicken delight, half a chicken, which I said I don't know why I always get that wrong. She goes, "Well, I know my customers' voice <laughs> and I know what they want." And I said, "Well, it works every time." But it, <laughs> what, what are you aiming for? A discount
2: or something? Is that what you're going for there?
1: Uh, no, I just want a half a chicken. That's oh, all I want. Okay. A half a chicken. Okay. But uh, but anyway, you know, you're talking about um, why why people fall away or why things are the way they are now and in mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. schools and stuff like that and just. The conversations that I hear now more often is from, mainly from adults. Now, you know, when I was a kid, you know, my grandmother, was she was born in 1901, and I don't know anybody that was closer to God than her than mm-hmm, anyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean by age compared to me being 10. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I just believe that God wrote the Bible, and then later on we had to get picky, and well, who wrote the Bible again? Okay, it says Moses. You know, Exodus 24, 4, then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. And, of course, the Jewish Bible says commandment. And your Bible says uh, the Soapy Dollar, well, the uh, (laughs) N-O-T. The Soapy
2: Soapy Dollar Bible. They would really
1: love that back in uh, Chicago. (laughs) Well, you know, honestly, if I hadn't have been listening to this radio show, I don't think, I might have found it by now. Uh But that's where I heard this from. And, uh, of course, I have the King James and a lot of it. Uh, a few others, but but that starts it right there. Who wrote it, and how could this happen? And if it's written in, I can't say black and white; it's black on white. And actually, the space in between the letters means something. Also, it's, I'm not sure if it's called white fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just one little thing. Without talking about the public, my own sister Betty, and you know, she used to, and it's nothing bad or anything. But I called her about a week ago. All of a sudden, and nobles and I asked her Betty how how did you fall away from the Bible I'm not saying she's bad or mm-hmm, she doesn't mm-hmm. believe in God or anything but just, you don't you don't teach at the ark anymore you don't lead any Sunday school services you don't go to the living way church you know you don't you know she and about a week later she texted me back Harold, I put some thought into that and I was shocked at her answer but it was the opposite she said Harold well you're a member of Temple Bethel, you visit Antioch Baptist Church, you listen to the Sophie Polly Show, mm-hmm. you read your Bible almost every night, and, you know, you go to Barnes and Nobles and you look up things, and I thought, Betty, you, I asked you why you fell away, and I guess those are some of the things that you don't do anymore. Oh, oh, oh Harold, I do I, I do read I. It's just not in public, you know. Betty's a good person. They just mm-hmm. turned sixty, my sisters, mm-hmm, uh, August sixteenth. But yeah, you know, the radio show, all this studying, and being being able to express what the Bible says, and um, having my sisters as an example. Yeah, first of all, I get it. Because yeah. They were they were an example. I'm gonna tell you, she raised those kids good.
2: Her two so, boys,
0: Harold. What did she say? Why'd she stop? Jeez,
2: she said she didn't stop.
0: Is that what I, that's stop. what I'm
2: understanding, right right she didn't stop it's just that I don't see it the way she
1: sees it or wow. hears it now okay she she still reads her Bible and she told me I still read my Bible, I'm trying to find a church, you know they're upstate you know in uh-huh, the uh-huh. oil fields and stuff like that, and so I don't know So i uh she might have to step it up a little bit, you know, because she was is really knowledgeable. Well, churches
0: are awfully hard to find in San Antonio. I'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's it's
2: not impossible. enough of them. But I do understand no. what you're saying. Let me let me just insert this. That okay. see, I think your sister. Like it or not you we 're talking to a rather select audience sometimes when we 're on uh, maybe not on this program or on the radio because you are out there in the airways for normal people to people not in the church and not religiously active and so on, they can still listen and, and really, really, tens of thousands, many thousands do listen to to uh, uh, Christian radio or religious broadcasting uh, because they they 're interested and I think there are there, there are literally millions of Americans that. That do believe in God? They want God. They're searching for God. They want answers, uh, and yet they're not in the mainstream, in the religious mainstream of searching for it. In the like, well, then, if they're
0: searching for God, uh-huh. then what's wrong with the first, the second, the first question we're asking about? What's wrong with that? Let's get Harold involved in it. Okay, uh, what's wrong with it? They're searching for God. They tell them this is the way you find Him. <laughs> What question are you, it,
2: ta- are you talking uh, about? That number no, two. No,
0: you're number two, uh-huh. and you know what it is. Maybe. Yeah, that, that, yeah.
2: I think that's maybe that's what you're saying, Harold. Is that, uh, in other words, we're we're talking about the same question. There are millions of people trying to find answers to life. They're trying to find what is really going on down here. How should we mm-hmm. really be living, and so on. And and yet now, instead of the con- conventional or maybe the traditional answer of, uh, that the nation was founded upon which is the, the the god of the bible and jesus christ and the truth of scripture and obey the laws of god and so on uh now we've we've gotten th- there's just a lot of chaos and confusion as to you know what's right who's right what's the true and living god well i might have an illustration uh this week
1: in the bible study uh, we were discussing it's about 30 people maybe uh Noah and the Ark, you know, Noah's mm-hmm. Ark. And then somebody mentioned the hand of God closed the door. And that to make you yeah. feel like God was involved, okay, you know, for those who need, you know, I don't know, whatever. Well, it's written that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I finally, you know, I did raise my hand, and, and I said, look, if, if it's a hypothetical question, uh, if it's uh, if we're supposed to read something more into it, it's not really the boat it's not really the ark. Are we in the ark today? Are we going to be in the ark following God's laws, following his commandments, doing the best we can until the hand of God closes that door? And, and, and are, we, are we going
2: to be preserved from the judgment of God on sin and, and so on? That's the idea, right? And, it, and by the way, it does. That is the language of the Bible. It says that God closed the door. It doesn't say that Noah closed it. It's just a quirk of the language that I guess. Yeah. Or there's something more yeah. there. That God is the one who actually closed the door. Uh well thanks for delivering thanks for people from call, judgment. Bobby. You bet, Harold. Thanks
1: for taking my call. I did call last week and I know you had a different thing going and I actually hung up on myself by accident. But,
2: <laughs> you uh, hung I up really on yourself. Did. You just got mad at yourself hung and up. hung up.
1: Huh? <laughs> I hung up by accident. All right.
2: I'll see you all next
1: week uh, and I'm going to uh listen to the rest of the show, okay? Thanks thanks a lot,
2: Harold, for calling.
0: Well, let's let's read this. Okay. Let's take a want you read it. Do you want me to read it? You, you better it? read it. All right. All right. What is uh your what it is thanks, in Shemaya. question 2? It said, well, what did they do that was so bad? And this is the answer you have. It says, there are abominations in the temple, which bears my name. This is God talking. And they profaned it. They have built altars to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. And they have offered their sons and daughters to Molech. Though I never told them to commit such an abomination, it never occurred to me that they should do such a horrible thing and cause Judah to sin. So, we're sitting back saying, "Oh my gosh, they're offering their sons and daughters to this god called Molech. By the way, it's not really his name, right. but that's a, a, a slanderous title. Anyway, um, in this valley of the son of
2: Hinnom, if I understand correctly, that was was that not the the garbage heap that was where the uh, the, the trash was burned from Israel well, from that Jerusalem.
0: Was, uh, That, uh, let's see here. Did it become that later? Later it became that. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, But uh, but the point is now, okay, so everybody's searching for God. Everybody wants to find God. Well, suppose I give you one of those eight balls and I say, look, just hold this right, do it like this, you'll get the answer. You find God. (laughs) How do you know that's right? Or how do I say, look, this is how it works. Now, you're if talking
2: you... about the magic eight ball. Where you shake am. it and it sure. t- you ask it a question or and it I'm tells you the answer.
0: Or a Ouija board. Or uh-huh. I'm saying, hey, what you really got to do is you got to kill one of your kids, your firstborn. Then you find God. Now, how do you know if any of that's right? Because all you want is this inspiration to find God. And uh, that's why it, I think it's very important. You got to use some judgment. And you kind of got to know... But really the theme of the story is because if i just have that urging to find god i will accept just anything if you tell me that's the way to go and pardon me for saying this but i think there are probably some rabbis around to do that and i'm pretty sure there's some preachers around to do that i hear things all the time i'm just saying that's not in the bible but people that are listening in to say churches they don't know
2: and actually today, I think that's one of the excuses that's given for some of these terrible, terrible things that are going on in the culture in terms of immorality of all kinds and times in in terms of uh, cheating and lying and and uh, molesting children, uh, molesting children and so on. Do you know
0: what the a worst, lot of that takes place you know because of yeah, do you know what the absolute worst sin is that you can do? The absolute worst.
2: Mm, that would be, I would just be speculating. What is it? You, on, uh, well, I'm what going, you I'm going to
0: borrow this, but this is actually the worst sin, is to do evil in the name of God. Because you not only destroy whatever who you're harming, but you destroy the reputation of God and you create pictures about him. That's absolutely not true. And he and you cause others to stumble, stumble. Hell, you make God the bad guy. I'm not talking about stumbling. I'm calling. I'm going to tell you. It's just like in the story of Noah's Ark and stuff. And that Harold mentioned, the truth is, if you're not careful, God's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it says. In fact, I'll give you another example that just pulls my chain a lot: uh, Esau and uh, Jacob, and everybody. And I know, no, not to pick on anybody, but I'm going to take a shot. I got that right. I got the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the <clears throat> like when everybody says, "Oh, well, Jacob, Yaakov, means uh, uh, deceiver." Deceiver. Right? Uh-huh. Yes, it does. If you're Esau. Esau, the people, and I hear this all the time. I heard lots of preachers on the TV and radio. I almost said the guy's name. Mm-hmm. But they say that, and I'm thinking, they're quoting the bad guy. The bad guy is the one that's, that's Esau, and he's the one that's making the... The, the rather, accusation, yeah. Well, it's, it's a kind of a sinister joke. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's saying it. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything near deceiver, never did, not even close. It's actually a different word with the letters rearranged from the Hebrew, but mm-hmm. he's making a joke, a bad, sad joke. But people say that they're quoting the bad guy, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, why are you choosing to quote the bad guy? And you can probably forgive me for saying this, but I would say if i if I poked about ten christians i'm going to get that answer from nine of them oh it means deceiver well one of the things that seems clear uh, i'm just
2: looking at the times in which we are living now ourselves and, and you kind of evaluate what's going on in the culture and why are we as a society as a, why are we moving away from uh, respect for God and god's word and the prayer and and all the things that we've seen over the last the 50, is or sixty what years I just said. and it makes me wonder uh, yeah. uh,
0: uh, a lot of the reasons for that right. are seemingly religious, which right. which is kind of confusing. Sure, you made ga- God, you slandered God, you've done evil in His name, and therefore He's the ultimate author and person responsible for the evil. And if you, whether a rabbi, a preacher, whatever you are, mm-hmm. if you say something that He never said, or maybe you're sincere, but maybe you're just wrong for example, with Esau. is the bad guy. He's saying, oh, he deceived me. He's a mm-hmm. deceiver. That's why his name is Jacob. And see, people aren't even catching this. When he's The bad guy's saying it, but when he talks to his dad, uh, I, uh, Yitzhak, uh, Isaac, a, I, Isaac, yeah. Isaac um, he says, that's why he's called Jacob. Now, if you go back a few... A, verses earlier in the story, you'll find who named him Jacob. Do you know who named him?
2: Was it his... I'm guessing? No. No? Don't you guess, go there. You're
0: guessing wrong. God? It, it Well, you changed because, yes, it was not his daddy. It was not his mom. It was God. Now, Esau the bad guy is now saying, well, that's why his name is Jacob because he's a deceiver. You're quoting the bad guy, and you're not blaming the mom or dad. You're blaming God. That's now, what that, I
2: know. God superintended in the the renaming to Israel. No, no, no I'm talking about Jacob. Talk Jacob. I'm talking okay. about
0: Jacob when it actually says, and it says, He named him. God mm-hmm, mm-hmm. named him Jacob. Jacob. So now you got the bad guy. Now think about this. I'm using this as an example to answer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your, your premise. So I'm, I'm making guy, the connection. I'm yeah, following you. So are standing yeah. in a church, and you say, oh, he's a deceiver. You're quoting the bad guy. And then the guy says, and Esau says 'Well, and he, that's why he's named Jacob. Well, the guy you're blaming ultimately is God. Now, if you're going to be a religious person right. and do evil in the name of God, and you harm children, and we all know about the big Catholic controversy mm-hmm. that's going on. Mm-hmm. If you harm children and you're the representative of God, then what you've done is not just harm the child. You've harmed the reputation of God, the church, and the truth is you have slandered God, and people no longer want to believe in your God. Uh,
2: which reminds me of Jesus' words about the, uh, it's better for one that harms one of these children that the, a the, the, the millstone be hung, put around their neck and be cast into right. the sea than to harm one of these children and well,
0: let's, uh, let's take a look at your next question since you mentioned Jesus: yeah uh-huh, and I know you, you attribute question three to Jesus.
2: Right. The promises of Israel's restoration will ultimately be completely fulfilled when Messiah reigns on the throne of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's found in Jeremiah thirty-three fifteen, 15, uh, called the righteous branch, uh, the Messiah. And, and, and I put parenthetically, we know, uh, we, we believe at least today yes. that his name and, is and, Yeshua. And, and
0: that's a very fair Understanding from the Christian perspective, there's nothing wrong with that from the Christian perspective. But let me read the 15 uh-huh. and 14. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now we learned last week that Jeremiah had said there's going to be a guy that will never have a, a descendant of right. David on the throne. Uh-huh. Now let's start at 14. It says, and I'm I'm doing the English from the Hebrew. Okay. Okay. Indeed, this is God talking. Indeed, a time is coming, says God, when I will fulfill the good promise. Why would he say the good promise? Ah, I can see there's a bad promise that nobody will come from the other guy. Mm -hmm. The good promise that I have made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. 15. In those days, at that time, I will cause a righteous descendant or branch to sprout for David. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in security. And when I want you to catch this. And it says, And she, Jerusalem, will be called God as our Savior. What is he saying? Did you notice what that says? Tell me what it says. <laughs> Jerusalem's name is going to be changed. Ah, okay. Or referred. Now, there was a time when the Romans destroyed israel after the second temple mm-hmm. they were they killed oh between one and a half two million jews uh the general was the 70 a.d uh-huh. right 70 a.d mm-hmm. yeah. and they destroyed the temple but you know the killing of the people is pretty bad too mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in fact uh the blood was so deep it was up to the horses bridles so but and uh i think it was titus <laughs> general titus he sent a word back to caesar a letter saying uh, can i stop killing the jews not out of sympathy. He was saying, my men are so tired they can't raise their swords anymore. So Caesar gave permission, and they said, okay, here's the rule. All the Jews that are left surviving, they've got to leave Israel. That's why Jews are all around the world. So the diaspora, The diaspora.
2: The diaspora.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the spreading.
2: The dispersion. Uh, yeah.
0: The dispersion was spread around the world. Now, what is interesting in that is the Romans then they wanted to destroy Jerusalem. So at that time, they changed the name of Jerusalem to Aliyah Kapitolina, the capital by the sea. Okay. And so it was changed. And to get even further, more rank, they named the country, if, uh, as they interpreted it through their language, after the arch enemies of the Jews. The The Philistines. The Philistines. However, in their language, it came out Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. Mm-hmm. There we have the how it happened. There was one group that worked with the Romans, however, and do you know who that was? Moabites?
2: No. The people, okay. Um, um, worked with them. Worked with them. We
0: just talked about uh, Esau and. Uh, uh, oh, I thought, oh, oh i sure Esau. That Wasn't, wasn't he the uh, yeah, but he, leader the, of the Moabites? The Edomites.
2: The Edomites, that's right. Edomites, the I'm Edomites, I'm sorry. The
0: Edomites worked with the Romans when they did, destroyed the temple.
2: Now. And they worked, they worked with the Germans when the Germans destroyed well, this, this <laughs> Israel is right. as well.
0: So what you've got is you've got this whole story connecting. So what's happening is it, this verse says in the future. Now, we've already been told that uh, this other guy will not... He can't have a descendant on the throne. Yet here's Jeremiah saying in uh, chapter 33 that I'm going to fulfill the good promise uh, to the house of Israel and Judah. In other words, they shall both shall be joined back together. And then uh, she Jerusalem will be called God is our Savior. Isn't that interesting? Sure. So what's actually happening is we're going to actually have. Jerusalem may still have the name Jerusalem, but it'll be referred to commonly as God is our Savior. And it does have the idea of a messianic point of view, and that's when the Messiah returns. Now, listen, there's another verse here, and, and actually this is when the second, the second vision of Jeremiah occurs. And God's word came to Jeremiah, and God says, If you could violate my covenant with the day and the night, so that day would become night and it could not arrive in their appointed times. Only then could my covenant with the priests and the Levites who serve me with my servant David be broken, so that none of his descendants would reign on the throne. I will cause the children of my servant David and the Levites who serve me to multiply like the hosts of heaven and... Which cannot be counted. And the sand of the sea. Which cannot be counted. how do we take away from this today? We know about
2: the time of Jeremiah in Egypt, we know about the time of Israel. now Rome is to do.
0: Well, that, what I was talking about with Rome, took place here in Jeremiah, and it happened with Babylon. They switched gods, they switched their religion.
2: listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
0: This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
2: Here we are, our final segment coming up. We are back, Jacob and Jacob and Jacob. You just finishing your sentence. (laughs) That's
0: right, and Jacob. Well, that says and Sophie Dollar. Oh, and and Jacob. Jacob. That's right.
2: Oh, very, very important correction there for sure. Listen.
0: So my point is, when I was talking about Esau, we're talking about the, the, how did the, what are the lessons from right. Jeremiah? How
2: does it apply? We know the history in his time. Want to make it later on to in Jerusalem, time. what what is the message that we we, we should get as right. God's people from this As Americans in 21st century America, right now.
0: All right. Well, I really believe that if you create a religion where you say you kill the infidels that do not believe like you do, you either mm-hmm. force them to convert or you kill them. If that's why you get to your religion and have a nice life, this is what you'll do. You and that is not the God of the Bible. That's, no, uh, no, it's not. In fact, okay. let me tell you something. If you look at all idol worshipers, uh, actually the man in the Bible that introduced idol worshiping, the first one, is a guy named Enosh. Mm-hmm. You know who his father was?
2: Uh,
0: it's uh, okay uh, if you don't know. Cain? No. His name is Seth. The oh good really? Guy. The good yeah, guy. The good guy. But he has a son, not should be introduces idol worship. But and he, and then he takes off with the descendants of Cain. How about that? Uh-huh. So we got a story going on. Now, what's happening is these people and all the other idol worshiping in the gods, whether it's the Roman gods, the Greek gods, the whatever, all them gods have one distinction that the God of the Bible And Jesus Mm -hmm. does not have, and it's that you must do something, you give them something to get something, you appease them, you bribe them. The difference is with the God of the Bible, and even Jesus' teaching, Uh that you don't have to bribe God, you don't give him something. So when you kill a virgin, you get good crops. And it, Or if you do the sacrificing your son, as we were just reading about back earlier in uh-huh, the uh-huh. Jeremiah, you're going to have a good life. Child sacrifice. You're going to yeah. have better things. you got your freedom. you got wealth. you got nice things. You're getting something for what you're giving. You're bribing that God. Now, logically, it makes no sense, because if God wanted it, he could make people and kill them. Let me ask something Wait, you. wait, not now, because I'm telling you. Okay, talking go ahead, that. go ahead. But the point is, is that the God of the Bible? Does, if He created life, He's not going to say, "What I'd like you to do to worship Me is kill life." That doesn't even logically make sense. I'm no, sorry, that's all I wanted to
2: say. Oh, I,
0: I would. It kind of relates
2: to that. That it seems like in that era and that time, weren't children to some degree universally considered to be uh, considered to be in in some ways. Additional wealth, in other words, the more children you had, you had more uh, workers, more labor, more you know representing the family and the clan, and so on so in a sense uh you were giving up something valuable, I suppose, when you killed a child in in sense, like you're talking about bribing God, but
0: now of course in the uh, in the
2: Modern era, children are not seen as a blessing. Well, you
0: want to tie it to this, uh, modern times? Let me suggest this, that many people, many people that, uh, uh, I'm just going to use this as an example, that destroy their children, Uh that why do they do it? They want their freedom. They want life. They want to have things. They want to have a better life. Exactly the same motivation as back in these old stories. Get rid of your kids. I get more.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I I do
0: believe it seems
2: to be that that is the motive behind. Uh, th- Tens, hundreds of thousands of these abortions is that people don't want to be bothered. You know, I, oh, I'm not. It's sorry, going 50, to ruin sorry, my do life. You know I, how many
0: I've been in America? Sixty million. I think. Oh, that's right. That's what I heard on the radio. Was about well, sixty million. Now, I don't know if that's true, but uh,
2: over, the, over the
0: over the half century now. So when these guys go down to Egypt, look at well, chapter 44, 44 verse uh, seventeen. Okay. Uh, it says. These people went down to Egypt. Uh, you know, it's your your question number eighteen, I believe. You want to read it. your uh-huh.
2: question? I'll read the question. It says, "In Egypt, once the the Jews, this particular people of uh, uh, Israelites had taken, they kidnapped Jeremiah, and they took him down to Egypt. And what group of Jews it says in particular talked back to Jeremiah, mocking God, and promising to continue worshiping the Queen of Egypt." Uh, and, and this is something that's been of great interest to me because we, we kind of almost have a maybe approaching a modern version of this with all the idea of uh, modern feminism and, and women and so on. But here we have in this era there these women – in particular, talked back to Jeremiah when he told he was warning them and preaching to them they they talked back to him and said you don 't tell them we 're going to serve we 're going to do what we want to do we 're going to worship the queen of egypt and if you if you, you don 't blame our men because they're doing our men are doing exactly what we're telling them to do and so the women of that era were really a very significant and very influential. In this turn away from God, turning away
0: from the God. Well, let's, let's just read 17 through 19. Okay, go ahead. Listen to this. Uh, indeed, we will do everything we said, sacrificing to the queen of heaven. Now, this is the women talking to Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but there were, men are getting off the hook. We're going to get to that in just a second. It says, so the queen of heaven, by the way, is Ishtar okay. from Babylon. Okay. Okay. Uh, Indeed, we're going to do everything we said, sacrificing to the Queen of Heaven, pouring out libations to her, just as we, our ancestors, kings, and officials, did in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. We had enough to eat. We lived well. Nothing bad happens to us. Tell me, that's not the motivation for most people wanting their freedom in today's world. Mm -hmm. Now goes on. 18... But ever since we stopped sacrificing, pouring out libations to the Queen of Heaven, we have been in great need. And we have been consumed by the sword and famine. We have, we have, but when we sacrificed to the Queen of Heaven and poured out libations to her, when we made cakes bearing her image and poured out libations to her, was it without our husband's approval? So the husbands was, it was okay with them. So the men were right along with them. And you notice the motivation is telling you. You said, what's the motivation? There's the answer. There's the motivation. It's my life. I want more stuff. I want to have a better life. And people, if you got a child, it requires caring and loving and producing for the child. Instead of spending all your income on yourself mm-hmm. and living well, and it says nothing bad will happen to us because we did all this. We made our cakes to this idol. We killed our children to the other idol. Everything worked fine, we had lots to eat. everything was good. If I if I get pregnant, and I want to have the baby, all I got to do is eliminate that baby. And here's the catch that's the poor women then and the women today. women that get pregnant and they're not married and, or maybe they're married, but but they don't but most of the time, if they're not married, it falls on the woman. She either has to have an abortion. Or she has to be a single mom and incur all that expense and all that infringement on her lifestyle. The hardships and by so. herself, her hardship, yes. So that's what happens. Now, where is the guy in all this? You see, so the lifestyle is what everybody's after, and somehow destroying your young always increases the lack of sharing, meaning more stuff for yourself. Even what I just read. Mm-hmm.
2: So whether you consider a child valuable, and so you kill the child in terms of as a way of of appeasing or or, or bribing God by giving up something valuable uh, to to get something good from God, or if you consider a ch- child not something valuable but a bother, uh, uh, an interruption, way, a sure. distraction That's from a good from good. Either way, the 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 killing of the child is has that same right. ultimate goal of making uh, you know killing the child to make our lives better uh, and and it's well the reason we're talking about that now in the book of jeremiah is that seems to be this final straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. This seems to be, finally, ultimately, when that began to take place. This sin that the Canaanites were, were, were committing against God, you know, centuries earlier, that allowed God to judge them or caused God to judge them and bring the people of Israel into Canaan. Now they're doing the same thing, and and they're being tossed out of Israel as well. God is judging them, um, so what would be the modern version of is, is it conceivable that god will uh, uh, judge our nation in something of the same way now now granted millions of babies are aborted in russia millions of babies are aborted in japan around millions the world. Uh,
0: in, around, around the world, the world. china but, they want little boys not girls right.
2: but are we different in the sense that we know better are we different as a nation in the sense that and I'm not saying other nations don't know better, but we have such a clear record of knowing the difference and the, the high value of life and, uh, you know, the witness of God and his word and his influence over our nation. Are we more guilty because of uh, God has poured out his mercy and grace on us as a nation? Uh, are we more accountable? Do we? Is there a higher level of, of responsibility we have?
0: Well, it's difficult for me to believe that. A- Women in China don't know it's wrong to destroy their children.
2: True, but they haven't ever lived in an environment of, of... of safety and environment, of respect for life and environment of that, uh, love, you know. In other words, we've we know the gospel. We got the, the scriptures, God's word, and there is a little. I mean, I, I understand the idea that people know uh, they must, at some level, know. I don't know. Maybe well, if you
0: look around, maybe there's
2: a blindness the after whole a while world, that they don't know.
0: All world is exactly what you said. They everybody somehow wants to get to God somehow and if somebody right or wrong is telling you oh I'm in contact with God I'm like a priest I'm a pastor I'm a rabbi I'm whoever I am Mm -hmm. and this is how you do it you don't know so you accept it and if they're lying to you or they're misleading or they're well intentioned but they don't know they mislead and they the consequences certainly is yours and it's also theirs Mm mm-hmm well, I don't think
2: there could be any doubt that what we've seen in the last 50 years, 50, 60 years here in our country is generally a decline. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the young generation would argue with me and say, no, we're not under judgment of God, and, of and things not. haven't because gotten worse.
0: Because if there's no – listen, one of the great themes in theology is to do the, what they call the higher criticism of the Bible. Right. All right. When they do the higher criticism, one of the primary movers and shakers of that theory was a guy named Wellhausen. Wellhausen, actually in his book in German, says, there's no doubt about this. He says, if there is no Jewish Bible, if it's all a forgery, then there are no Jews. And if there's no Jews, there's no Jewish God. So we're free to have our own God. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is, and why is Jeremiah still in the Bible? Because it's part of the repetitive cycle. And if you take it backwards, like, for example, let's go back to Noah. Going back, if you do the mathematics and you go all the way back, you know what God said, said? It said he drowned at everybody, right? Yes. But if you look at the, if you look at it and read it carefully and actually do the mathematics, you'll discover something. There were no babies born during that 120 years. So God is getting slandered and blamed for killing the innocent babies again. And that's what's taught. And that that bothers me such a great deal because you're teaching evil in the name of God. And what do people walk away and say, wait a minute, that's the God you're going to believe in that kills babies? Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing to do with him.
2: Uh, I know the, the the enemy of our souls is so <laughs> diabolically uh, wicked and and, and scheming. Uh, it, it is astounding. Uh, Jesus refers to to Satan as the the father of lies. There's no truth when he yeah. when when you everything and yet. It's not the overt just to clear out and out lie it's that coming really close to and appealing to your legitimate desires but wow. changing up God's
0: word it, it just it, now, it, whose oh, job I, is it to a- accurately say as you say God's word mm-hmm. whose job is it to teach God's people the teachers the pastors
2: the the rabbis the, the we we're, so we're, if
0: they're not mm-hmm. then how are people to know
2: how will they know unless we tell them? The, Romans, <laughs> the book of Romans is, how will they know, chapter 10, unless, if, if we so don't the go? the point here yeah. is,
0: everything that's taking place in Jeremiah is there, so it can be taught to you that when you do these things, this is the result. This consequence has been taught to you by the stories, by the books, by God, that here's, you do this, and this is the results that come from it. That's why the story's here. So can we trace that down to modern society? Of course we can.
2: Well, we seem to be locked in a great battle, and we have been for decades here in this country, uh, the United States of America, a great battle for who, you know, what what God are we going to serve? It's kind of like that time with Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. And it hadn't come down to that, you know, that, Choose you today, this is the final decision, but we 've just we 've been in this battle, and frankly I, to some degree at some level uh, the people of God we 're losing the battle in some ways we 're moving uh, we 've lost so many of the rights and so many of the practices and traditions of worship of the true and living God, and we 've fallen into disobedience we 've fallen into idolatry we 've fallen into child uh, sacrifice and all these immoralities sexual immoralities of all kinds in the culture and uh it seems we're we're locked into that battle if we aren't it does seem i think a lot of people would say if they called in tonight we could get uh, 100 phone calls i would say a high percentage of them would say yeah we're in trouble we're we're uh, some might be on the other side of the argument no we're winning we're doing good we're moving we're getting rid of this these these uh shackles of religion and so on and so on some might take that side but the point is is that we are in the middle of this huge transition, and and some of us are beginning to. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if we'll ever turn around, and it, there's no record of Israel ever. Well, I guess the only time that things were ever turned around, uh, for example, the march towards socialism and 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 and, uh, and uh, um, authoritarianism and so on. It's a it's a march. It's a procession. A progress. They call themselves progressives. Interestingly enough, but it, it's never been turned around except by war or by tragedy of some kind, uh, by total decline in in the, the the failing of the culture of the society, of the government. Uh, but the only times it has been turned around has been times of revival. Uh, eight great revivals we read about in the in the Hebrew scriptures, where the turn things were turned around at least temporarily turn back to God, and the, there's some recovery. And I wonder if that could still be true. that Do, do we still have the opportunity of revival, of, of transformation, of turning back? Uh, some people say yes. Some people say no, it's way too late. We're It's not going to happen in the times in which we're living. And, uh, of course, I guess only time will tell for sure if that's what happened. But the Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, in that sense... Uh, doesn't give us any hope in a way.
0: I no, mean, oh, no, no, it totally ends on hope. Does it? Okay. Oh, yeah. In De- fact, the end of Jeremiah, that's why he's the prophet of <clears throat> consolation because it goes down through towards as we get to the end. And since we're coming to the end of the show, we should talk about the end of Jeremiah. Let's do. So he actually goes down he says, In Babylon, this is going to happen. To the Palestinians, this is going to happen. To all these different groups. Uh, let me just flip over here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Damascus, uh, Kadar and Hazar, uh, Elam. Oh, he goes right down to, to Babylon. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another one. Um, it says, and uh, Jer- Judah and Israel will be both be re- reunited and brought back into one kingdom. Now, you remember how we got here is Israel and Judah split up. Then Israel, the northern ten, were taken.
2: Taken into Syria. Judah,
0: now Judah's been
2: taken.
0: Mm-hmm. And God is saying, uh, "There will be a pro- the prophecy is they will come back together, but there won't be two kingdoms again. It'll be one kingdom. That mm-hmm. business is done. And then it starts talking about uh, all these people that did all this. Th- what they did, they'll be judged by. And, and the-
2: you've always said that one of the requirements of Messiah yeah. is that he brings about That reunion, is that?
0: Yeah. Okay. Sure. And so what what happens is when he does this. Now, one of the reasons, as a Jewish understanding is, is that God kind of put, you know how in the New Testament, I believe, uh, there's some reference somewhere, and you may know, where it's, uh, Jesus says, you know, basically how you treat him is kind of how he looks at you, Mm -hmm, right?
3: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, he's
0: not making that up. That comes from the idea of the Tanakh, the Old Testament. In other words, how you treated the Jews is how you will be treated. Exactly. It seems
2: like, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it is one of the principles that comes out. On what basis... On what basis are the nations judged? Uh, you just announced here in, in Isaiah, we see the same thing in Jeremiah, all the prophets, they, they, they're they not just preaching to Israel or Judah. Yeah. No. They're also preaching to the nations surrounding them or uh, around those nations. Sure. And they're warning them and calling them to repent and turn to God and so on and warning them about judgment uh, falling on them and so on. Uh, and uh, the the... The characteristic of God's judgment, let's say on Russia, on China, on Japan, and I, I'm guessing this, would be how you treat God's people. And I'm not, in this particular case, know, talking about political uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, well, here, here, so, but I'm talking about the me, people let of let God. Let
0: quickly run through a few more examples. Mm-hmm. There's a passage at the end, how, what's going to happen to Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen to Moab, what's going to happen to uh, Edom. Uh-huh. By the way, who is Edom today?
2: Edom today would be would that be uh, Egypt? Would that nope. be the no. Would that be uh, the Arab nations or Turkey? Turkey. Okay. Uh, well, we're in big crisis with yes, them right yes, now, aren't yes, we? Huh? Yeah.
0: So all these, and then Amman, all these places at the end of Jeremiah is being talked about. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then it, simultaneously, it says. And Judah and Israel have all have been punished enough. They'll return without sin. They'll be like virgins without mm-hmm. without sin, you may say. And so they'll return there. And I will not look on their sin the sin no the All their sin and inequities will be forgiven. They'll return, and that's part of the messianic job. Now. So what's happening is, as you said, it's not just the Jews, but it's everybody else. And they're being told, this is what you've done to other people. You are going to experience what you did to others. So if you want to experience nice things, then be nice to people. Particularly the people of God. Well, I would say be nice to the people of God, Yes, Israel, in fact, all people.
2: All people, yeah.
0: But the point is, that's the story. So... All this stuff is everything is in cycles, and why it goes over and over and over, and the reason these books are still here is so that we know when you do this and you bring in these other gods, because every God has his own laws or her own laws, and they're usually much different of the God in the Bible mm-hmm. and they will do say different do, sacrifice your children, uh, do this, do different things, cut off a hand for them mm-hmm. they're not the laws of the Bible. So they're not the same gods. Well, people make those gods. And the idea is that they give, they promise freedom. You get to have your lifestyle. But what happens is, so the same theme goes over and over, and you can follow it throughout history, and you can actually take it all the way back to Cain and Abel.
2: We sure. hold a special responsibility in this country because we, unlike these nations and people groups, uh, at, at some level, we, to a greater degree than they, we choose our leaders. We choose. Uh, what god we will worship as a nation we we vote maybe we don't go to a v- voting booth and vote on our morality and what god we're going to worship but each of us vote in our own life in our own families we make a decision if we're going to follow after the true and living god we're going to worship god we're going to tr- try to be with god's people you know and what,
0: so on uh, you know what abraham lincoln said
2: we all get the government we deserve. Oh right? yes,
0: that's right. He says generally, people get the government they deserve. Yeah,
2: and I think uh, it seems to be true. We we're going to get what we deserve. And so, well, the other day we talked in uh, one of the earlier programs about the Book of Jeremiah about uh, what would repentance look like, what would revival look like in our country. We tried to figure well, out well, what was, would be the highlight of that, and I think it
0: might be returning to in worship fact, God. May I? In a maybe, record? maybe you've got a good idea I, about I have that. An excellent idea. Be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent.
2: Great way to end the program, this segment. We'll be back next week going on to the book of Lamentations and back to the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. I hope you'll join us. Okay. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218.
1: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Live. Show.